Have you ever thought about the difference between joy and happiness? A lot of Christmas songs talk about happiness. A lot of Christmas songs talk about joy. But I believe in life, joy and happiness are very different, even though they're very similar at the same time. In life, you can have happiness without joy, and you can also have joy without happiness. Because happiness without joy is when you're always avoiding pain and seeking out pleasure. Those moments that it's all about pleasure and you're avoiding pain, that's what happiness without joy is. But joy without happiness is a different perspective, whether you're in the pain or in the pleasure. It's a deep-seated perspective of something better, no matter if the pain is here or the pleasure is here. And in the time of Christmas, there's a lot of pain and pleasure. Depending on, you know, your situation, your, your history, your past, your, you know, what you're looking for, there is the potential for a lot of pain and pleasure. But if we're always seeking just to be happy, we're going to miss something great. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, The virgin will, be con- will, will conceive and give birth to a son that they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In birth, there's pleasure and pain. In Christmas, there's pleasure and pain. So it's about the joy that we must have in our walk with Christ that gets us through. So this morning, my message title is, The King is Here. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. In Luke 2, 8 through 20, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the field, nearby, keeping watch over the flock by night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Down today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, the Messiah. He is Christ. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you that he will be a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes or in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the, angel had, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning him, concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them, but Mary treasured up these things, all these things in her, and 
and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which they, which were just as had been told. I believe when we experience Jesus, we experience joy. The, the shepherds and, and the angels are, are a picture of, of what happens when, when we come in and experience who God is. There is, there, is a, there is a joy, there is an excitement, there is a hope for something better, and it can be for all of us in our daily life when we experience the King who is Jesus, right? So the, the angels came and said today in the city of David, right, a Savior has been born who is Christ the Lord and, or the Messiah, and, and, and so all the angels came, glory to God in the highest, and peace, goodwill toward men, right? And so, so the angels are excited. They're, they're sharing. They're, they're telling the shepherds what had happened, what is happening now. And, and we see that as, as we, we continue that the shepherds hear this amazing thing and they want to see. Anytime that people experience Christ as King, as Lord, as, as the, the Savior of the universe, there is joy and excitement and, and, and hope because something great is coming. That's what Christmas is all about, right? Joy, excitement, and hope. But remember, I said hope is not avoiding the pain and pursuing pleasure. Sometimes there's hope in the pain because joy is different. Joy is not just having a fun time one time. But, but joy was something these shepherds experienced when they, when they came and they found Jesus as a baby. They, they couldn't help but go and share it with everybody else. And they left praising God, knowing that there was something great happening and they got to be a part of it. Is there something great happening that you get to be a part of? Amen. You believe that? There is something great happening, and we get to be a part of it, just like Jesus in that, in that manger. They, they were the ones who, who, who God said, go, lowly shepherds, right? Sometimes we may feel like we're lowly shepherds, but, but the angels and the shepherds became the messengers or the witness for the birth of Christ, right? Angel mean, the, the word angel is messenger. You could change all of the words angel in the Bible to messenger. We call them angels, but that's their job. Why? Because God has designed them to go tell it on the mountain. And the shepherds became messengers just like the angels. They became the, 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 the angels to the people because God had spoken to them and then they got to speak to other people. And then, and then Jesus, he says, you will be my witnesses or my messengers. Are you excited? Joy and excitement and hope of a better tomorrow will cause you to become messengers. Are we being messengers? The angels, glory to God, we know him, right? I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Elf movie, but we watch the Elf movie a lot for Christmas, and it's a fun movie. 
And so he's this guy, he comes out, if you don't know the story, he comes out of the North Pole, he was raised by Santa and the elves, and he comes and then he's at the store, and the, the store manager said, Santa's coming tomorrow, and he's like, oh, I know him, I know him, I know him, I know him, and he's so excited because he knows Santa Claus. How much more should we be excited about? I know him, I know him. Sometimes excitement is hard, right? Because we get tired. Because joy doesn't avoid the pain. And excitement is hard in pain. But if we know him, there is always hope. There is always hope. Everywhere Jesus went, starting with the manger, there were people who were excited, who were, who were filled with, with, with wanting more, Jesus, Jesus walking around, people wanted to follow him. Why? Because there was joy in the people around him. There was excitement and there was hope. And, and everywhere he went, people told other people about him, right? Zacchaeus is a man who was a wee little man, and, and he didn't know Jesus, but you know what? He climbed in that tree. Why? Because he had heard something, something amazing. I got to see what's happening. That's what Christmas is all about. I got to see what's happening. But the joy of the Lord sometimes can get diminished in the problems of life. People brought people to Jesus, and then like the, the men who destroyed the roof, right? I don't care. I'm getting my friend down to Jesus. Sorry about your house. Right? Zacchaeus climbed a tree because he heard. These men brought this guy because they heard. Are people hearing about what is happening? What has happened? What has happened? Are people hearing? Do you have this joy, this excitement, this hope in your life every day, all the time? If yes, do you think other people should have this joy hope and excitement in their lives. There's a lot of people who are struggling. And if no, maybe you're one of the ones who's struggling. Do you want joy, excitement, and hope in your life? Because sometimes we don't have those things. I want to give the illustration of two people, not people, two characters that many of you, most of you, all of you should know. Now, it's funny because in, in, uh, in my office today, uh, Megan came in with, you know, cute little Kate, uh, Kaden, and he was holding Pooh Bear. So I know for a fact that they know who these two characters are, Eeyore and Tigger. Anybody know who Eeyore and Tigger are? If you don't, we could probably watch some shows. Eeyore and Tigger. I want, I, want to, I want to talk about Eeyore and Tigger today because I believe this idea of, of joy and happiness and excitement and hope really fit very well into these two characters. And if you know the show, you know the story, Eeyore is the bouncy, 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 excuse me, yeah, Tigger, excuse me, Tigger is bouncy all the time. He's happy, he's, he's always, you know, bouncing around, he's doing great things, he's, he's excited about life, and he's always bouncing people over and 
And he's just like life of the party. He's always around and he's like, this is the way life has to be. I can't believe anybody else is like this. And his friend Eeyore is the exact opposite. I watched one little clip that I thought about showing and and it was Tigger trying to make Eeyore him. And he put a a spring on him and he painted him with stripes. And he's like, you have to be like me. You have to be like me, right? Because especially if you are one of those parents, if you are a Tigger, you want everybody to be like you because you're, you're this, you're always this, and you're like, why aren't you like this? Why aren't you like this? And other people are like, could you just be quiet for a second? Just, just slow down for a second, right? Because most of us don't have that much energy all the time. Whether we're, you know, younger, maybe we do have energy or we have little ones, or we have older ones, and we've lost some of that energy. A lot of that energy is there, and, and, and maybe we don't want to be Tigger sometimes, right? But I'm illustrating this idea of happiness and joy and excitement and, and, and hope. And it's funny because sometimes we, we feel like, oh, man, Tigger is a lot. Anybody think Tigger is a lot? You watched him and you're like, that was not me. And if my kids are Tigger... Oh my goodness, right? He's kind of fun to watch, but in small doses. But the Bible teaches that if we are a disciple of Jesus Christ, we can have joy and rejoice and have hope in all life. And it's amazing because Tigger and Eeyore, right? Eeyore's like, oh, bother. You know, nobody wants to invite me to the party. Nobody wants me there. They forgot me. Oh, no. He's pretty depressed all the time, but, but w- we look at these two characters, and it's very often that we may think that we have to be Tigger, even though it's hard to be Tigger sometimes. It's very hard to be Tigger sometimes. In Philippians 4, 11 through 13, it says, I am not saying this because I am in need. So the Apostle Paul is talking about you know, people giving to him. For I have learned to be content, whatever the situation or circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to be in plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Having joy is not avoiding the pain for the pleasure Having joy is having a different perspective. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17, it says, Rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in all situ- uh, circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So while I, when I was growing up, this, this idea, right? And so we see these two verses and it says, Paul's talking about being content in all situations or circumstances and, and, and rejoicing always. And he's writing these words when he's literally in prison. And so you're like, man, you know, my life must not be that bad. So why would I complain? Why would I ever be that? So I was under the impression that a good Christian had to be Tigger. That a good Christian had to act like Tigger. Bouncy. Loud. In your face, always up, always, hey, welcome, yeah, whoa, yeah, 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 hey, come to church, hey, do this, hey, hey, well, you know, all this excitement and, and all this, and some people are that, but not everybody. 
I was under the impression that good Christians had to be Tigger in action. I have found out that's not what it means. Tigger is that way not because of his action, but because of his motivation and his perspective. Joy is a motivation and a perspective. It doesn't have to be an action. The difference between Eeyore and Tigger is Tigger can see the big picture. Joy sees the big picture. I rejoice always, could pray continuously. I've learned to be content in all circumstances. I can see the big picture. When I'm here and when I'm there, whether I'm well-fed or I'm hungry, I can see how God is changing something because of Jesus. Tigger sees the big picture. You don't have to be bouncy. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be always, always energetic and the life of the party. But you can see the big picture, that in the middle of the hard times, in the middle of the great times, you see the big picture, and that's what joy is. People like Tigger, they know that though the current moment may be difficult, it won't last long. Maybe the current moment may be difficult, but it won't last long. Eeyores, on the other hand, are caught up in the, the immediate, and oftentimes immediate isn't so pleasant. The immediate overwhelms them and shuts them down. If we're always looking for happiness, we want to avoid those things, always. We don't have to be bouncy, but joy says there's always something better just around the corner. When we encounter the king in the manger, we can experience that kind of joy and excitement and hope in our lives and in the lives around of the people around us. It's amazing, right? That kind of joy, that kind of excitement is contagious. I don't know if you have, but in the Bible, I don't see Jesus jumping around screaming, you know, and like, you know, all of this kind of stuff like Tigger did, but his joy, his excitement, his hope was contagious, that people flocked to him. He was just wandering around. People climbed trees, people ripped down roofs, people, people wanted to be there because they, they realized that there was something more. There was an excitement around him, not because he said, you're supposed to be excited, you're supposed to be excited, you're supposed to be, why aren't you excited yet? He was just living in God's will for his life. When we live in God's will for our lives, there is a joy and an excitement that just comes with what's going on. But maybe, maybe you have lost some of your joy, lost some of your excitement, maybe your hope. Over the years, right, the, the, shepherds, the shepherds found Jesus in the manger and they were so excited, they were overjoyed that they had to share with everybody, right? They became Tigger. 
versus Eeyore. They, they became, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you, I can't believe this amazing thing that happened, right? Who here was saved yesterday? Anybody here not saved? Who was saved more than a year ago? Oh. Amen. It's all good. All right, so if everybody here was saved probably more than a year ago, maybe more than, more than a couple years ago, it's easy sometimes to get caught up and swept up in the immediate and forget that experience that we have, right? Because Christ... The, the, shepherds, the shepherds experienced Christ in the manger, and maybe, maybe over the years you, you were that person who was, who was sharing, who was telling, who was, who was going and telling it on the mountain, as the song says, or, or being the shepherds. Like, guess what? This is a thing that I just learned. This is a thing that I just experienced. God just helped me in this area. I can't believe that I used to be like this, and now I'm like this. And do you see all this change? But after 20 years, you're like, I'm just normal now. It's just, this is how I am. And nobody thinks. Nobody wonders because this is just what you are. This is just who you are now. And that's not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we, we lose that excitement and that hope because we may still have our joy. But in the midst of joy, we experience pain and pleasure. And when we experience those pain times and those pleasure times, maybe we have excitement for a moment and then it goes away. And we have excitement for a moment and it goes away. Because excitement is difficult. Excitement. Oh, I got to see this guy. I'm too short. I better climb a tree. I got to touch this guy, but I can't because no one wants me to be around because I have this, this medical problem. I better just crawl out and hide. There's excitement because people are expecting something. Are you expecting something? That's what excitement really is. Not that you have to be bouncy like Tigger, but that every time, whether it's a good time or a bad time, we know there's something amazing just around the corner. He shows us grace and victory. Whenever we first encountered the king of the universe, he showed us grace and victory, for forgiving our sins. You know, all of us know what our sins were. Freeing us from that, that captivity, that yoke of the law and death, that worry of death that so many people are afraid of. We don't have to worry about that. When we are saved, when we are forgiven, when we are following after God, we won't have to die. We don't have sadness and despair like the world. We have a great hope. And filling us with the Holy Spirit, giving us that, that, that power, that, that excitement, that literally God cares for each one of us so much that He is with you no matter what. Emmanuel means God with us. Not just God in a manger, not just God in heaven, not just God at this building, 
not just God from the Bible, but God literally in you because he loves you that much. How exciting is that? But we can move from Tigger to Eeyore pretty easily because we forget about the the big picture because we're focusing so much on our daily tasks or our current mood or the, the problems or the chaos or the, all the stuff that's going on. It's very easy to move from Tigger to Eeyore. And uh, personally, I've been in Eeyore all week, struggling. I don't know if anybody else has had a week where you've been struggling. But you just feel like, Oh, well, I'm over it. I'll just go back to bed. I'll just go get in my little, my little stick house, and when the lightning hits it, that's what I get. Too bad. Right? But a lot of us can get in that kind of attitude, moving from Tigger to Eeyore. Not bounciness, necessarily, but the... Forgetting the big picture because of the small problems that we're facing in the moment. I believe this is seen in Revelation chapter three. One of the one of the churches that 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 they uh, that the letter is written to, the church of Laodicea, and we we comment on this this uh, section, chapter three, verse fourteen. We comment on this section a lot, pulling out certain verses. But it's amazing when you read the entire account to the church. It's kind of a different perspective that maybe it's the church who's become the Eeyore and not necessarily the non-Christian who needs the church. These are the words of the Amen, the the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth, and I don't need a thing. That includes God. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I, cons- I counsel, you, uh, counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire so, that y- so you can become rich, white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and, um, and, and salve for your, to put on your eyes so that you can see, right, lukewarm. Don't be lukewarm. That's what they talk about, right? This this concept of, well, you either need to be over here or you need to be over here, but when you're in the middle, you just say, oh, bother. I guess that's Pooh Bear's line, but, right? You just think, well, it's fine. I guess I'm fine here. I don't really need anything else. Everything's fine. Then verse 19, it says, now remember, who's he talking to? 
the church. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So to be earnest and repent, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, who is anyone? Anyone. The church. Those of us who have gone from being the tigger and the shepherd to being like, to being, oh my goodness, do you see what has happened? Do you see what has happened? I, I, I can't believe this is amazing thing that, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I got everything I need now. I'll probably just sit here and wait. It's all good. I'll go back to my sheep, go back to my little stick house, and it's fine. Don't worry about it. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they will eat with me. Jesus doesn't want us to stay in that lack of joy, that lack of excitement, that lack of hope. Because He is here, He is here, Emmanuel. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Wow. Just as I was victorious and sat down at, with, with the Father on his throne, whoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To the church. And yes, God is standing at everybody's door and knocking, whether they believe in Christ or not. But in reality, what he is saying, this, this passage, this, this letter, this, this, this hope for the church is not saying that, that I'm, I'm longing for unbelievers, but I'm saying it's those people who have gone from the excitement, from the, 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 the shepherds who, who couldn't help but tell everybody I can't believe it. God has literally changed my life. There is amazing things happening. And yes, maybe it's been 50 years since I was that person, but I was that person and now I'm something different. Or maybe maybe it's been your entire life because you were literally born in a church, right? And, and, and so you never had that life. Well, I was a terrible person over here and now I'm a different person. But you know what? God has saved you from many, many, many things that you can't even imagine maybe. Maybe you didn't struggle with that, gi that giant problem and that giant problem, but whether it's big problems or little problems, God has saved us all from all of them. And the baby in the manger is exciting. Not for happiness, because happiness is fleeting. Because today you might be happy, tomorrow the world may smack you in the face again and that bill comes or that problem comes and you're like, well, I'm not happy anymore. I've got to run away from that. i ignore that. And if I just ignore it, then it'll go away. But that's not true. But Joy says, I can face this. Was it you who told me about a cow and a buffalo? Cows and buffaloes experience storms differently. A cow is afraid of a storm, so a cow will turn away from the storm and walk away from it. 
or run away from it. But a bull or a buffalo, a buffalo will see the dark clouds, see the storm coming, and will charge into it. It's a very interesting idea because the cow ends up being in the storm much longer because we know how storms work, right? Cows obviously don't. But we know how storms work. They move, right? They, they move on the wind. So, so if you're in a storm and, and you go like this and the storm is following you like this, you're going to just be in it forever. I don't know if you've ever been on the turnpike. One time, you know, driving from here to the other side of PA, you're on the turnpike and you're like, man, this is annoying. The rain won't stop because the rain is just coming with you, that kind of idea. That's what happens to cows, but because a buffalo, someone who says, I am willing to accept the pain and the pleasure, ends up getting through it faster because they're going in the opposite direction of the storm, and they know there's hope on the other side, or sunshine. It's difficult, though. It's difficult. So becoming an Eeyore is very easy. But becoming like Tigger, knowing the big picture, is much better for you and for the people around you. I think it's, I think it's time that we, that we really start thinking about this and, and making sure that when he's standing at our door and knocking, he's saying, hey, it's me. Not that we need salvation again, but that we need a renewing of our mind. I like in Ezekiel, it says, the Spirit of the Lord is like a fire shut up in my bones. I am unable to contain it. I think we need to think about starting a fire. We live in times where darkness approaches from all sides. God's creation, His precious children, are under constant threat of isolation, despair, and a lack of purpose. But Jesus called His church the light of the world, a city upon a hill, alive with the fire and power of the Holy Spirit. Together, we can fight the darkness. Together, we can beat back the shadows. And it happens through the simple act of invitation. An invitation can rescue the isolated, connecting them with a loving, devoted community. An invitation casts out despair, replacing it with joy, peace, and salvation. An invitation can guide those seeking purpose to the ultimate mission of God's kingdom, a lifelong journey of growth, outreach, and service, a chance to change the world. In this season of Christmas, it begins with a simple choice, to let our light shine, to make an invitation of hope. The shepherds were all about invitation. 
And as we, as we are continuing in the Christmas season and, you know, thinking about Christmas Eve and, and the lights that we, we will get to have and share, building expectation and hope doesn't just need to be for you. As I said, as I asked before, do you have the joy and excitement and hope? If so, do you think others would benefit from that? And if you don't have that excitement or hope or joy, do you think you need it? Because if somebody has it, excitement, hope, and joy is contagious, just like fire. Let's be people who don't, don't just say, yep, I am, I am full of joy. Why? Because I just power through, but I've lost my excitement. You know, I don't lose my joy and hope, but I've lost my excitement. Let's be people who help others to have that perspective of excitement, of, of look what God has done and look what God will do. This year, make sure you don't just sit with your fire alone. Do you long for more in life? Do you long for more in your family? Do you long for more in your community? If so, you're the one with the fire. You're the one that maybe it's been years, but you experienced the baby in the manger and the Christ on the cross. And when you did, you found such joy and hope and excitement that you're here today. Unless you don't want to be here and you were forced here and you've lost all that excitement and joy and Let's work on it. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 16 says, So from now on we regard no one from the worldly point of view. Though, uh, though we once regarded Christ as in this way, we no longer do. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, the, new, uh, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciles us to him through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Christ reconciles us to God, but we reconcile the world to Christ. We have the ministry of reconciliation, that God was, reconcil was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You have become the messengers, the angels and the shepherds. You are the messengers of reconciliation. We are the messengers of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Not holding sin against. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that, he may, that we might become righteousness of God. And then chapter 6, verse 1 says, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. What? 
Did you receive Christ's grace in vain? For he says, In the time of, your, of my favor I heard you, and in the days of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Is there anybody in your life <clears throat> who you can think of to say, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the time of God's salvation. Anybody need that kind of hope in their life? Because lots of people are the Eeyores who just say, oh man. I'm just going to go over here. I'm going to do my regular thing. Look over there. There's people happy. There's people doing things. I just can't because I don't really fit in over there. I'm not part of them. Now is the time of God's favor for you. Now is the time. It's funny. Another clip I, I watched of, of Tior, Tigger and Eeyore. Was, was they were having a birthday party for Pooh, I think it was. And, and so everybody was invited, everybody was there, everybody was having fun, except Eeyore. Eeyore outside, he like walked by, he's like, that looks like a fun party. Nobody invited me. He just kept walking. And then Tigger noticed him out the window, and he jumps out the window, and he grabs him, and he says, no, 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 come. And Eeyore says, well, I don't know what I would say. I don't know what I would say. I don't know what I would do. I don't know how to deal with that. And Tigger says, well, just say hello. Just say hello. Because sometimes we make it way too hard. We make it so much harder than it actually should be. Just say hello. Because the love of God will fill the place if we just are willing to say hello. And then obviously it goes on and he throws them in the window and Eeyore says hello to everybody, and that's the only word he says, even though other people are trying to have a conversation, they're like, why is he only saying hello? He's like, I was told to say hello, hello, you know, because it's funny. But are we willing to just say hello to the hurting, to the needy, to those who, who are down, to those who are out, to those who need something more in their life today? Because when I said, are we longing for something more in our family, more in our community, more in our life? Maybe we're not. Maybe we've been blessed. You're saying, you know what? I'm blessed beyond measure. I don't long for more things. But is there someone around you who is longing for a change, longing for something more in their lives? And I believe all of us have somebody. It starts with one act of faith on our part. <clears throat> one woman who said, I am your servant. One man who was willing to follow God in the face of possible community criticism and not divorce her. One angel who appeared to the shepherds. One baby lying in a manger beginning a movement that changed the world starts with one. One act of faith, one saying yes, one person willing to say hello. Could I have the worship team come up? One thing can change your world, can change the world of somebody else.
one act, one word. What will you do with your one act of faith this Christmas season, this Christmas time, this, this Christmas Eve service? What will you do? Is there something, is there someone that that, that one thing, and, and maybe it's the one thing they've been longing longing for for so, so long, right? Eeyore just walked past that party and was like, man, that's too bad I wasn't invited. Maybe that one invitation, that one thing is what somebody's been waiting for their entire lives. What will you do with your one act of faith? The king is here and he is ready for you to re-experience him this morning, rekindle the excitement, the joy, the hope. I, I, I believe that, that all it takes is us being willing, like the shepherds, to come and experience Christ, fresh and anew, not for salvation, but I stand at the door and knock, not so that I can save you again, but so that I can eat with you, and we could be ex- you could be excited and have that hope and that joy again. It's fun to experience people in your home. He wants to have that closeness again with you. Maybe you feel like you've, you know, it's been a while. Maybe you feel like you're just wishing that it would come back. But what, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to close in worship. And I know we close in worship most of the time, but today I'm asking, calling you to not just sing a song with us, not just stand and listen. But do you really want to experience the king of the universe afresh and anew this morning? So what we're going to do is we're going to close with a song, not just a part of a song, but we're going to truly worship. So don't just stand there thinking, well, it's almost over. We've got possibly two songs. Whatever God's leading, and I, 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 I'm asking the Holy Spirit to minister truth and an excitement and a passion and a rekindling of the fire that maybe is burned down on that candle to rejuvenate so you can kneel where you are you can come to the altar you can stand you can sit you you can raise your hands feel free to experience God as we worship allow God to minister to you Lord Jesus thank you for this time thank you that that you are the king of the universe and you can change our perspective so that we can see the big picture in the middle of our of our good times in the middle of our hard times we know that you're the one who gives us that joy and that excitement hope in knowing there's something greater there's something better just beyond the next corner for us and for our families and for our community and those our neighbors and all those people around the world there is so much more thank you lord god Holy Spirit, we ask and we invite you, Lord, to speak to us, to minister to us, to speak through us this morning. In Jesus' name.
So if you'd stand, if you'd like to come to the altar, kneel, pray.
something as a family. We've been talking about baby Jesus. Would you all agree with me and pray blessing over the hand family and their new baby? If you if you'd like to come, you can to the family. so much for this family. Thank you that that you are that you are growing their family, Lord God. We ask that you continue to, to show goodness and mercy. We thank you for this new this new baby, this new life and this this family as as Carmilla and Rob are are, 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 are experiencing this this fresh fresh great and hard thing, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that that the joy of the Lord is their strength in the middle of this, Lord God, and, and for their for their kids, Lord God, and and, the, and their nieces, Lord Jesus, as they as this little baby comes into the household, there is nothing but joy in the midst of the good times and the hard times, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that for the hope and the joy that is coming. We know, Lord God, that this 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 little girl is going to be blessed. This little girl is going to be is going to be a great little person, Lord God. Thank you for her health. Thank you for, for what you're doing, Lord God, in this, in this little girl. Thank you, Lord God, that, that, that the, the delivery and all that kind of stuff will be a blessing, will be nothing but, but your goodness, Lord God, in the midst of the difficult times, Lord God. There is joy. There is joy. There is joy. Thank you for the hope and the encouragement, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If anybody else would like to pray,
God is good. Amen. Part of joy is being in that community. Part of joy, part of living the, the, the excitement is being with people who are excited. Let's make sure that we are not neglecting each other. It says don't neglect gathering together, but really at the heart of that idea is that. Let's not neglect being together in relationship, in community, in caring when people are struggling. Being there. Let me pray as we close. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that, that you are you are the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Thank you that no matter what is going on in the world, we can trust in you. Thank you for the joy and the excitement that you bring. Thank you for the new life that you bring. Thank you that, that whenever we trust in you, Lord God, you are there. Thank you that you are Emmanuel, God, with us individually and collectively, Lord God. Help us to have a, have a hope, have an excitement, have a joy in being in in you and in community, Lord God. Thank you for this church. Help us, Lord God, in this church to be a family who cares and who loves, not a family who is distant, Lord God, and who just shows up on holidays, Lord God, but help us to be a, a family who cares and loves truly, no matter what the situation or the circumstances is, Lord God, whether we're in plenty or we're in want. We thank you, Lord God, that you have given us the ability to be content because we see the big picture. Help us, Lord God, whenever we become an Eeyore, whenever we become down in the dumps, not knowing what, 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 what tomorrow will hold or, or what is good, help us, Lord Jesus, to gather around that person and be the tigger in their lives and say, all you got to do is come. We're here for you. We want you. We need you. Thank you, Lord God, that you're ministering hope and excitement and peace joy in this church and in this community, Lord God. Help us to be people who shine our light in our families, in our church, and in our community. Thank you, Lord God, that you are doing amazing things. Thank you, Jesus. We ask, Lord God, that you bless the offering. Thank you so much, Lord, <clears throat> that, that you give us the ability, Lord God, to, to give back to you. Thank you, Lord God, that, that, our, that our answer to greed is giving, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that, that, our, that our hope is in you, that the, that the gifts that we give are going to be blessed and taken care of and for your goodness and your glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, and God bless.